Thanks for tuning in to the Link Church podcast. Link Church is located in Charlotte, North Carolina, and is committed to linking people to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. Well, good morning and welcome to Link Church today. My name is Pastor Mark and congratulations. It's 2021. Happy New Year to you and your family. Peace out to 2020. Hello, 2021. I want you to share this. If you're watching this via Facebook or YouTube, click the share button. If you have an invite invite button on your screen, click the invite button and share this. One word from God can totally revolutionize somebody's life. But I am just elated to share the word of God with you today. We are kicking off a brand new sermon series entitled Cancel Me crushing the enemy within. I believe God wants to do great things in your life and in my life in 2021, but we got to kill and exterminate some things that are hidden beneath the soil of our spirits. And God wants to take us higher. He wants to make us stronger. So before we jump into our sermon series and jump into our message today, I just want to pray for our time together. Thank you, God, for your grace, your mercy, for what you're doing, for the privilege that it is to see a brand new year. I pray you will unlock the hidden treasures of your word. Give us the necessary food that we need for our spirits, revolutionize and transform our lives. And we thank you for what you're doing in this season. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to jump into the sermon today, but I am just so excited that it's a brand new year and, and the faithfulness of God has definitely been displayed in our lives. I want you to turn to Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 22. That's where we're going to be today. And uh, before I read the scripture, let me give you my subject The subject of the sermon today is the predicament of pride, the predicament of pride. I'm just going to jump in and then we'll get to our text. But as I was thinking about this sermon series entitled Cancel Me, I I I thought about this culture that surrounds us today. And it looks like and it seems like every time you turn around, Somebody is canceling something. I mean, somebody on social media is calling for the canceling of a movie studio or a film or a project or a company or even a celebrity based on what they don't like. They're trying to cancel that person or that entity. And I I believe in this season we're living in this cancel culture. And as I thought about that, it's like the Holy Spirit was dropping bombs on me and showing me how much in my life he needed to cancel. How many things that are going on in my heart, how many things that are going on in my life 
that the spirit of God wants to cancel. And if God was saying that to me, I believe he's also saying that to our church, that there are things in your life that God wants to cancel. And the thing about this canceling culture and how it works when it comes to canceling pride or canceling envy or canceling anger or, or, or canceling bitterness in our lives, how it works in the spirit is that God does not bust into your life and, and just rearrange your life and, and, and just make you perfect. But God requires that we partner with him as it relates to canceling things that are laying and lying beneath the substratum of our spirit that need to be exterminated in order for God's power to be realized in our lives. God wants you to know that in 2020, there are things in your life that need to be canceled. Put it in the chat, write it down. That God wants to kick off this year by canceling certain um, contaminants that are in your spirit that will prevent him from working out his purpose in you. And you have got to get it right this year. This is the year that you get it right. This is not the year for you to do it the same way that you did it in 2020, the same way you did it in 2019, the same way you did it in even 2015. This is the year that you actually kick out and evict the things in your personal life that are prohibiting you from moving forward into what God wants you to do. And so God drew me to this text in Mark chapter 10. And I believe it's going to be a powerful word today. Right around verse 17, the Bible says, now, as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good, but one that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. I'm going to pause right there. This story in the book of Mark shines a little bit of light on uh, a young ruler who comes running to Jesus and he um, bumps into Jesus by saying and addressing him as good teacher. He says, good teacher, good teacher. I, I want you to tell me what I need to do to inherit eternal life. 
And Jesus says, hey, don't call me good teacher because Jesus understands the intents and the motives behind this young ruler's proposition. He, he, he understands what is beneath the soil of this young ruler's question. He says, don't call me good teacher because you're just trying to flatter me. You're just trying to butter me up. You, you really don't think that I'm a good teacher. You're just trying to boast about where you think you are because you believe you're a great candidate for eternal life. You can't flatter me by calling me good teacher. And I just want to pause right there at the beginning of this sermon, because I believe that in 2021, God is not interested in being flattered by you. Yes, I need you to put it down, put it in the chat. God is not interested in being flattered by you. God knows the difference between true worship and your flattering. God knows when you have an agenda behind the words that you say. God knows when you have a hidden agenda and ulterior motive behind the acts that you do. And God can smell authentic worship. God knows when you have a heart for him and when you are just going through the motions. God knows the difference between when you lift your hands in sincerity sincere adoration and when you are just playing the part. God knows the difference between authentic worship and fabricated flattering. And in 2021... God is pulling the cover off of people that are just on the ship to flatter him, that don't really want to worship him. You just want to flatter him. You just want to speak about how great he is because you want to get something in return. But 2021 is the year where God is revealing those that are just flattering him and those that are actually worshiping him. But I believe there's somebody that is watching me today that has a heart of a worshiper that you are walking into 2021 with your hands lifted after all that you went through in 2020 you cannot afford to play games with your worship that this is the year that you go deeper in your worship this is the year that you actually become broken in your worship this is the year that you become authentic and transparent in your worship. This is the season that they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth because the father is seeking true worshipers. If you're a true worshiper, I need you to put it in the chat. Just type, I am a true worshiper. You see, you can allow the devil to play with your worship in 2021. So much is going on. We don't have much time, y'all. We don't know when God is coming back. We don't know what's going to happen next. You can't play with your worship. Yeah, let's not play with this thing. Let's not play with what God is doing. God says to this young ruler. Don't call me good teacher. 
Don't try and flatter me. Don't try and butter me up because I know you have an agenda behind your words. Your words don't matter unless it has sincerity behind it. Your words don't matter unless you believe it. And, and I'm tired of the church playing with their worship. I'm tired of the kingdom of God playing with their adoration to God. We need to get serious with our worship. Either you believe God, either you trust God, Either you authentically want to worship God or you don't. This is not the time to play with God. This is not the season to play with your worship. I feel like God is talking to somebody right there. He says to this young ruler, don't call me good teacher. And, and Jesus responds to the young ruler and says to him, well, if you're going to inherit, inherit eternal life, then you've got to follow the commandments. You got to, you know, make sure that you don't kill. You got to make sure that you don't steal. You got to follow the law. And the response of this man, the young ruler, is so critical to our sermon today. I believe this is the pivotal point in this particular story. The young ruler says to Jesus, teacher, I've done all of these things that you have listed and I've kept all of the law from my youth. You see here nestled beneath the text and nestled within this text is pride. When I began to dig into this text, I saw that the young ruler was wrestling with pride. And, and Jesus is after the pride of this young ruler. That's what we're going to talk about today is the pride that we have hidden beneath the fabric of our hearts, the pride that is camouflaged within our soul. You see, pride is this nebulous thing. It is this mysterious thing. It is not like stealing or lying. It, you can't really put your finger on pride. Pride is mysterious. Pride is sometimes ambiguous. Pride is hard to nail down. But I believe that there are people that are watching me today that are wrestling with pride because we are living in the most prideful generation the world has ever seen. This culture that we are in is laced and littered with pride. Every time you look, you see pride. We see pride in the White House. We see pride in Congress. We see pride in our city hall. We see pride in our companies when we go to work. We see pride in our family. We see pride in our community. We see pride 
on social media. And yes, we even see pride in ourselves. Any place that you look, we see pride. And nobody wants to talk about pride. Nobody wants to talk about this deceptive demon called pride. Nobody wants to address what's going on behind the culture. The thing that is actually motivating our decisions. The thing that is actually motivating what we are doing. The thing that is motivating our actions. The thing that is actually pushing us and prodding us and prompting us to move away from God. If we critically look at what's going on in our hearts, we will see that the agenda of our flesh is laced with pride. I've never seen a culture like we have today that we actually measure success based on these prideful measurements that you are successful based on your bank account, that that our culture deems you as successful based on how much money you make, what house you live in, and the neighborhood that you live in, and how many followers you have on social media. There has never been a more prideful generation than our generation today, and my heart breaks for our generation and I am concerned about our generation because I don't know where we are going because we're following after all of these things and it's because the hands of pride are pushing us to what makes us feel good, to what makes our flesh feel good. The pride beneath the soil of our spirit is actually pushing us to inflate our egos, uh-huh, and, and to swell our egos, and our egos are so big today, mm-hmm, our egos are so big today, and I believe the Spirit of God is grieved when, when he looks at the landscape of the kingdom that we're building ministries on the backs of our pride. Yeah, we're building our businesses on the shoulders of pride. And we wonder why things are crumbling around us. We wonder why the world looks at the kingdom of God the way it does. Maybe it's because the children of God have have drunken the Kool-Aid of the culture that says that in order for us to feel good about what God is doing in our lives, we have to promote and display the things that we acquire, that in order for the authentic favor of God to be on our lives, the culture says that we have to have a certain amount of money in the bank and the culture says that that we have to have a certain amount of likes on social media and if nobody likes our post then then we're not favored by God we're not blessed by God God doesn't want to use us but I come to crush the spirit of pride in our culture today because pride is defined or can be defined 
And someone that is overinflated or swollen and inflamed beyond their determined size. Write that down. Pride can be defined as someone that is overinflated or swollen and inflamed beyond their determined size, which means that God, the creator of who you are, the one that, that formed you, that created you, that ordained you, he has a determined size for your purpose. But when we inflate and when we allow our egos to be swollen with the culture, it's like we grow beyond the determined size of our purpose. Hmm. Yeah. That, that, that God can no longer use us because when he looks at us, he does not recognize us. We are so swollen by the air of the culture, the air of this pride that is in the atmosphere. And we walk around as if we have to act like the world. We walk around as if we have to partake in, in what the culture says we have to do. And, and we're not successful unless the culture deems us to be successful. But I, I, I believe that pride comes with certain things and pride wants our generation to be more competitive than we are to be collaborative. I believe that pride wants our generation to be so competitive that we fight against each other in order to reach a common goal. I believe that our generation is so competitive instead of collaborative because of pride. Put it in the chat. Our generation, we, we have so much animosity against each other that in order for us to reach our goals, we feel like we have to step on somebody. That in order for us to win, somebody else needs to fail. In order for us to be successful, somebody else needs to be unsuccessful. And we measure our success. We measure how well God is working in our lives based on how poorly he's working in somebody else's. And, and there's this competitive spirit going on in the culture because pride is at the root. And I came after a prideful spirit today. Yeah, you want to do everything by yourself because you have so much pride and you can't work well with a team because you have so much pride and, and you don't want somebody else to get the credit because your life is littered with pride and you have control issues in your life. Yeah, you, I'm talking to you. You're wrestling with control issues in your life, not because you're angry, but because you're prideful. And what we have done in Christianity, we've done a great job in attacking the symptoms instead of going and attacking the disease. We've done a great job in going after the symptoms of pride instead of attacking the root of pride. 
And so we kill the liar. We kill the cheater instead of going after the enemy of pride because pride is at the root. And the reason why you lie is because you are struggling with pride. The reason why you cheat is because you are struggling with pride. The reason why you are angry mm -hmm, is because you are struggling with pride. The reason why people can't talk to you and you blow up and you get all defensive is because you are struggling with pride. The Bible says all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And I'm tired of going after the symptoms of pride. I want to attack and I want to unearth. I want to exterminate the root of pride. I want to come after the pride in your heart that causes you to be so mean to your children. I want to come after the pride in your heart that doesn't allow you to forgive them. Hallelujah. You've got pride going on. There's a thing going on and it's called pride. Yeah, it's called pride and it's rumbling in your heart and it's rumbling in your life. You can't get along with your spouse. You can't submit to your spouse. And I'm not talking about women. You can't submit to your spouse and you can't take advice from your spouse. Yeah, man, you can't take advice from your spouse because you are so prideful. Mm -hmm. But I come against the spirit of pride right now. God wants to do a new thing in your life. This is a new year. This is a new season, but God has to work on what's going on inside of you. God has to kill the pride. If you're going to reach the mountaintop in 2021, God has to eliminate the pride. If you're going to get where God wants you to go, you've got to eliminate the pride. I'm tired of the devil squirming his way in our lives and we are unable to address the real issue. The real issue is that you have a lot of pride going on, going on, going on, going on in your life. Pride. Pride is like a balloon, a balloon that is filled with air. And if that balloon continues to swell beyond its capacity, the balloon will burst. And God wants to grab a hold of somebody today before your balloon bursts and wrecks your marriage, before your balloon bursts and you lose your job, before your balloon bursts and it compromises your family, before your balloon bursts and you, you become the talk of the town before your balloon bursts. We've got to let the air out of your balloon and we got to get rid of your pride. And in our text, there are two indicators that this young ruler is grappling with pride. 
And, and the first indicator is in verse 20. When he says to Jesus that I've kept the entire law. It's as if this young ruler is trying to show Jesus his resume. It's as if this young ruler is presenting his resume to Jesus and saying, hey, Jesus, I I'm good with the law. I, I keep the entire law. I've got that. So if that is the requirement for heaven, I'm good. He presents his resume to Jesus. And I want to tell you that in 2021, God is not interested in your resume. <laughs> Put it in the chat. I know that may not be profound to you and prolific to you or so deep to you, but, but there are, there's somebody that's watching me that continues to present their resume to God and say, God, I pray. God, I read my Bible. God, I go to church. Look at all the great things that I do. God is no longer interested in your resume because we often present our resumes to God as the means to prove that we are accepted by God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, write it down. We like to present our resume to God to prove our acceptance by God and say, God, we are accepted by you because of the things that we do and the scriptures that we believe and the laws that we keep and the amount of times that we pray, and the money that we give to church. But I want to tell somebody today, you are not accepted based on your resume. You are not accepted based on the merits of your resume, but you are accepted based on the merits of God's resume. <laughs> you are not accepted based on what you have done. You are accepted based on what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. Because Paul tells us in the book of Romans that we are justified by faith through Jesus Christ, that God, Jesus, has justified us based on his finished work at Calvary. You see, the culture of the world says that when you try and when you are attempting to be accepted by an employer, you present a resume and that resume will prove your value and your worth. But the Bible tells us that we have been justified, not based on our resume, but we are justified based on Jesus's resume. The fact that your God died on the cross for your sin is all the resume that you need to be accepted by God. Pride wants to tell you that you need to do X, Y, Z in order to be accepted by God. Pride wants to tell you that you need to pray long prayers to be accepted by God. 
pride wants to tell you that you need to post long scriptures on social media to be accepted by God, but you have been justified already. You are not justified based on what you have done. You are justified based on what Jesus has already done. And there is somebody that's watching me today that ought to get happy that you are already justified, meaning that there has been a verdict passed in heaven that pardons your sin, not based on what you can do, but based on what Jesus has done. And Jesus has justified you by faith. It is your faith that justifies you, not your pride, not what you bring to the table, not the gift and the talent that you think you have to offer up to God, not your prideful stuff, but it is Christ and the finished work of Calvary that has justified you. God is not interested in your resume. He's actually more interested in his application. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God is not interested in your resume. He actually wants his application filled out. Huh? What are you talking about, pastor? You see, you see in, in our in our context, societal context, when we're going for a job, we present our resume because the resume shows all of our skills. It shows where we are prolific. It shows all the great things that we can do. But one thing that the resume does not show, it does not show our weaknesses. And we love to present our resume on social media, our resume to our employers, our resume to our bosses. We even like to rehearse our resume to our spouses, but we don't like to submit our applications to God because when God gives you an application to fill out, you see, he asks you questions that will actually highlight your weaknesses because God is not interested in your resume. He's more interested in his application. He wants to ask you critical questions that will uncover and reveal the blackness that is in the depths of your heart. He wants to ask questions that will bring the pride in your life to the top. He wants to ask you, why do you boast like you do? He wants to ask you, why is it so difficult for them to give you constructive criticism? He wants to ask you, what is the reason that you this, this dismembered or you excommunicated yourself from that friendship. What happened last time? He wants to ask you critical questions. Why you're not talking to them anymore? Is it pride? Could it be pride? Why you left that last job? Could it be pride? Why you are going for that promotion? What is going on? And God will often give us applications to fill out and say, hey, hey, son, hey, daughter, why did you make that decision? Why did you decide 
to post that on social media? Why did you decide to get involved in that relationship? Why did you decide to separate from that relationship? Could it be pride? I don't want your resume, y'all. <laughs> I, I want to ask you the tough question that will reveal pride in your life. The second thing that we see from the text today is that when the young ruler comes to Jesus and says, hey, I've kept the entire law, Jesus comes back to him and says, hooray, hooray, whoop-de-doo, great. You want, you, want a, you want a medal for that? <laughs> you want somebody to applaud you for that? You kept the law. You continue to go to church. You, you want somebody to pat you on the back for that? You, you want a prize? You want a t-shirt that says, I went to church in 2020? You, you, what do you want for that? Jesus says, you've kept the law, but you lack something. In verse 21, he says, then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. This was a rich young ruler. And Jesus says, okay, you, you think you got it going on? Okay. You think you're great? Okay. You want to boast? How about you sell what you have? And the second indicator that there is pride in your life is when what you have is more important than what God wants you to give up. You know that there is pride in your life, write it down, when what you have is more important than what God wants you to give up. There is something that God wants you to give up, but you up until this point have been unable to part ways with it because of pride, not because of anything else. You're holding on to it because you are prideful. You're holding on to it because you've put value in that instead of value in your relationship with God. You have more value in your stuff. You have more value in your status. You have more value in your relationships than you do have in your relationship with God. And God is asking, what is it that you are unwilling to give up? That's what I'm after today. The thing that you are holding on to, the bad habit that you continue to do, the thing that you are suffering with in silence, that you are holding on to, that you don't want to let go of, not because of anything else, but because of pride. The bottle of alcohol that you continue to run to because of pride. It's pride. It's not that you love what happens to you when you get drunk. It's not that you love the fact that you get angry when you get drunk. You don't love that stuff, but you're doing it because pride is desiring to be 
fed. And every time you, you fall into that bad system of behavior, every time you succumb to those thoughts, every time you try and stick out your chest, every time you place value in your status and what you have, you continue to feed the pride within you. What is it that you have that you need to give up? And so pride will always present a predicament in your life. This young ruler, he was presented with a predicament. He had a choice. Was he going to walk away from Jesus and hold on to his possessions? Or was he going to stay with Jesus and give up his possessions? Was he going to stick with pride or stick with Jesus? Was he going to follow the culture or follow the cross? And pride always presents a predicament. I'm coming after somebody today who's in a predicament that as you're stepping into 2021 and as you are in a brand new year, you are facing a predicament and 2021 will be no different unless you kill the pride and make the right decision. You right now, you are at the intersection of pride and purpose. And God wants to know which one are you going to choose? Are you going to continue to feed your pride or are you going to lean on Jesus, give up what you're holding on to and move after your purpose? I believe, hallelujah, I'm talking to somebody today. You got to let it go. You got to let your ego go. You got to let your status go. You got to let your desires go. You got to cancel it. Hallelujah. Put it in the chat. It's time for you to cancel it. I don't know what you got to do in this season, but whatever you got to do, you got to cancel it. Cancel that bad habit. You got to cancel your, 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 your thinking. You got to cancel your mentality. I'm coming after pride. The Bible says that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. I'm trying to keep somebody from falling today. Hey, I'm trying to keep somebody's marriage intact today. I'm trying to keep somebody from losing everything today. You got to get rid of your pride. Will you be like the young ruler and walk away from God in your pride? Or will you be the child of God that God is calling you to be and run to Jesus in humility and give up your possessions? Give up your stuff. Give up your ego. Give up your pride and say, God, I'm running to your cross. I declare a word over your life. I'm calling you out of pride. I'm calling you out of your ego. I'm calling you out of your desires today. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, we're killing a devil in you today. We're killing the voice of hell in your life today. We're canceling it. We're canceling it. We're canceling it. It's the predicament of pride. Pride has you in a predicament right now. 
And which way are you going to go? Are you going to retreat from the purpose of God? Or are you going to be vulnerable? Give it up and say, God, God, I won't follow the culture. I want to follow you. I won't follow stuff. I want to follow you. I want you to be great in my life. I'm coming for somebody today that needs to kill pride. The predicament of pride is all over your life. And God is doing a work in your heart right now. The tears are flowing from your face right now because you know that this time you got to get rid of it. 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 I, I, I need to go, but I feel like God is talking to somebody who's broken, who's crying right now because pride is trying to eat your life for lunch, for breakfast, for dinner. But God is calling you out. And you got to run to his arms because he's saying, take up your cross and follow me. Leave your possessions, leave what's temporary and run towards what is eternal. Stop following after temporary applause and run after eternal applause. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. For more information about Link Church, you can visit us on the web at www.linkchurchnc.org.